1: Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another evening of Jaybird watching. I'm sure you're wondering where the rest of my gang is tonight, but they felt like taking summer vacations, going out for parties and whatnot. Apparently, I'm the only guy that doesn't have a life enough to take a vacation, or at least for another three weeks until I actually go on mine. Tonight, I have my buddy from jaysjournal.com, who happens to be you know, the place that we are affiliated with 100%, and we are the official podcasts of com. i have tyson shawiski show with me. sorry i did say i was going to butcher it and then i got talking <laughs> <laughs> so and then we go from there but anyway tyson i know you and i get to chat a lot online but we don't get to always have these wonderful chats in time and you're the other one of the co-editors for com. how are you doing this evening
0: how oh, i'm doing good it's uh you know it's that fresh time of the year when uh Trades are trades are hopefully around the corner. The all-star break is in the rear view mirror and just, you know, ready for the second half, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and especially with the way the first half ended. I was just saying in the midst of typing up the report for, you know, the little blurb we had to put on with the podcast thing here when we started recording and whatnot. It's like, okay, what's happened since last week? Oh, we were talking about the manager being fired. That happened. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had the MLB draft we had the all-star game and not to mention when we actually stopped a losing streak in the midst of all this too. <laughs> so there's like, okay, there's not anything going on, not a big deal. And then the trade <laughs> rumors start flying today. Now that the all-star game's over because you know, it's almost the end of July and I believe the all are the um, trade deadlines is it August 3rd this year. It's a little end, of August. I know. Uh, I can remember. August 2nd. Okay. So we're just getting that close to it being, you know, the end of July here on 720, the day we're recording this episode. You wrote an article about one of the major trades that could happen, and from the Blue Jays' perspective, Juan Soto is apparently going to be traded. The Nationals have realized that they're not going to be able to give him this giant, ungodly, monster contract that he wants or to be 100% happy with. He turned down, I guess, that giant, was it 13, 14 years or uh, something? 15 million dollars.
0: Fifteen years, four hundred and forty-four million, if I remember correctly.
1: Unprecedented. That would have been the easiest, the biggest contract in baseball. <laughs> and go ahead, Tyson. Tell me what you were dropping in that article after this, this, and then we'll ch- chat about where the Blue Jays go with this whole thing.
0: Well, as you know, everyone knows Juan Soto is fantastic player, and uh, basically, I took an approach where I said, you know, we, I think
1: back to last
0: last year's trade deadline when Jose Ramirez was was you know kind of the main. The main wish, if Blue Jays fans had their way, and you know, from hearing hearing about it later in the in the year, you know, the Blue Jays walked away from a trade because of what the ask was for it. You know, there was what we would consider untouchable prospects involved involved with it, and well, maybe some untouchable
1: Justin and the major guys too. Is I, I remember hearing the word Alec Manoa going around a lot in that trade. Yeah, and. <laughs>
0: And if I remember correctly, too, they were saying Aurel, like not even with the Ramirez trade per se, but Aurelius Martinez, his name was coming yep. up a lot, and the Jays were not were not interested in dealing with him, you know, dealing, trading him away. And so, you know, it was just interesting to kind of take a look at: Do the Blue Jays actually have an untouchable prospect this year? Do they have someone who's, you know, oh, we're we're not trading him, no matter what the deal is, what this is, you know, kind of like a Scotty Barnes. For uh, Kevin Durant there, <laughs> you know, we're not, there we're not you trading, go. Them trading that one in. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of interesting because the Juan Soto, the Juan Soto rumors are in so, are such high demand right now. You know, there's, you know, there's betting lines. There's so many teams interested, you know, what does a team's, you know, what does a team's potential package look like? And with the Blue Jays, if they are serious about landing Juan Soto, you know, there's a couple different ways it can go. Right. And it really depends. I think one of the things that it really depends on is how dead set the Nationals are on, you know, they they have every right to ask for Bo Bichette as part of the return. Right. Correct. Which which makes sense because, you know, he's he's his top player as well. But, you know, from there it's what's the rest of the trade package? Right. So if he was in, you know, if the blue jays are, you know, we are not including Bichette, that's absolutely no way. You know, there yep. is there's absolutely, you know, they could easily ask for Moreno, Tiedman, Martinez, Groshen, like four top prospects. Every draft pick we just there. got. <laughs> yeah, like right? it's, you know, and that's, it's just because Soto is such an unbelievable player, right? And again, if Bichette's included, maybe you can drop, you know, drop a premier top prospect. Maybe you add something, you know, you can, you can work it a few different ways depending on what you build this trade along. But, you know, the thing that doesn't help is so many other teams can, Offer, you know, offer similar if not better packages, right? But the what the thing is is that the Blue Jays and they have going for them is Moreno, Moreno's MLB ready pretty much. He's you know, yep. if it was if there was no Danny Jansen or Kirk, he would be on the team right now most likely. Groshans is in AAA. He's he's pretty close to knocking in the door. Martinez is still in AA working toward, and Teedman is just flying through the farm system right now and it's not unreasonable to think that he could be major league ready by next year you know given the only setback that he might have is the workload right he you know in his in his juke or not yeah college uh year he only pitched 38 innings and then he didn't pitch at all the rest of 2021 he worked at the development complex and you know this is really his first you know full season now does that change with the recent draft if you know Brandon Barrera signs with the Blue Jays and they get you know Tucker Toman, and if everyone everybody you know yeah best case scenario if everyone signs you know are the Blue Jays more inclined to trade away those top prospects now mind you if they do make those trades you know if the Blue Jays still want to get a pitcher like they're pretty they're pretty handcuffed right now right like if yes. they if they say Juan Soto is the guy we want to go get and we're going to trade but shed this, you know, top prospect, top prospect, top prospect, you know, maybe a kicker down the line,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or maybe, you know, maybe even throw Kevin Biggio in there or something, or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. You know, they yep. still, if they want to go in and get a couple bullpen arms, you would think a starting pitcher is not realistic at that point anymore, like, or at least a, a top tier starting pitcher. Maybe, yep. you know, you could get a Jose Quintana or, you know, the like Drew Smiley or something, like, you know, something mid tier, you could probably go for that. But, it really depends. It really depends on where they're going to to focus on, right? And Juan Soto is going to be—he's going to be—he's a fantastic player. He's going to make every team he plays on better. But it's the catalyst of what happens afterwards, right? Because you can make pros for trading for him, and you can make cons for trading him. And at the end of the day, you know the Nationals don't have to trade him. They could no, wait they till not. they could wait till next year if they think that. They could get more for whatever reason, or you never know, right? So it'll
1: be interesting. When, it, it'll be when is he arbitration eligible? It's, it's, he's still the only – he's going into – it. this is his fifth season in Major League Baseball, and he's produced a mere 21 war over those seasons. No, you know, no big yeah. deal. <laughs>
0: but. So if I remember correctly, he is in arbitration right now, and I just don't recall if he's in first year or if he's like Guerrero Jr. and he has three and four.
1: I can't recall. I want to say this was at least his first year. I couldn't remember if it was second or not for the Yeah, I, I can't so. recall.
0: So I know I He did like a one year 17 million. I just can't remember if he was like like Guerrero Jr. He he got way he he was held on to for a little bit longer and cuz what he made MLD MLB, he's only like 23. He made his MLB debut at the same yeah. time as Guerrero Jr. at like 19, right? So
1: Correct. He's going to be in the next within the next hundred days, he's gonna be twenty-four. So yes, he's that young. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at his baseball reference page. And just to roll off for the Blue Jay fan that has not listened to any expos slash Washington Nationals baseball in a long time. <laughs> so um Juan Soto is been a generational talent at this point and he's proven that fact five major league seasons like i said he's produced a 21.0 war and for a year that he's gotten off to a rough start he's still produced a 3.4 which is already putting him in the top tier of blue jays players this season so just to say that to give you that ballpark and fun um, he might be batting 250, but he's finding ways to contribute regardless. And 20 home right. runs ain't looking bad. And not to mention, if you got a guy like him batting in front of Vlad, I'm sorry, he gonna mash. And, <laughs> so, and he's a lefty, and a lefty that's batter. the big kicker right there. I'll balance <laughs> yeah. out this lineup. But rookie of the year in 2018, he's been in the top. T- top 10 of the MVP voting three years of those first four years. Obviously, I can't say anything about this season other than the fact that he was an all-star, just won the home run derby. It's flying high, just saying. And he was riding Andy's high street. And he's off to a slow start. Slow start. (laughs) So, yes, I don't know how people can say it's a slow start. And this is the thing that kills me even about the Vladdy thing. He's got 60 RBIs. How's that a slow start? (laughs) So, um, but Soto's sitting at 43 RBIs and 57 runs scored on a team that's in dead last with no contention uh, to that mark in the National League East. So, just saying he's doing really good on a rough team so i think that speaks for a lot of it there to that point as well and honestly one of the things i thought that was uh, very interesting in the midst of what you were laying out there tyson there is one other stipulation here that um john Heyman retweeted out by our buddy of the show brennan panikar shout out <laughs> that uh the possible trade package could actually be a top four prospect So we have plenty of those because even our I'd say down to our six, seven guy in our top prospects looks a lot like the top four prospects of a lot of organizations in baseball, especially the names that have been flying around for other teams that are trying to pursue Soto. So that's one thing the Blue Jays have in favor. We have a ton of young major leaguers. That's the other piece. So is it a Loris Gurriel Jr.? Is it a Bo Bichette? Is it getting a Gabriel Moreno, who on most teams right now in Major League Baseball would be a major leaguer? <laughs> so, and then taking on the contract and the person that is Patrick Corbin. Right now, that's not a bad roll of the dice for the Blue Jays, who are at the kind of ballpark and price that they wanted to have, be at for this season. Remember they were in on a lot of free agents that we didn't get over the off season. Oh yeah. So the money is there it sounds like. So if you were able to get a Patrick Corbin to come into this rotation right now and just throw money at that itch situation and then get Soto on the in that same trade, I, it's going to take exactly that and taking on probably that whole Patrick Corbin. Yeah. Um deal which at least has two more years on it with a good chunk of money (laughs) but right now (laughs) this is i'm i'm with the rest of the guys that we were and on on this show i'm in the push your chips into the table thing because i think there's enough going on in the right for the blue jays here um regardless of the manager stuff and everything else that we're going to get into here at the end of the show this could be the catalyst that they need this is the two Lewinsky all over again situation Tyson what are you thinking as far as that what I just laid out there
0: you know it's there's not I, I don't think there's many teams out there that have traded prospects away and went and won a world series who would go I wish I really had those prospects back <laughs> right but you know, you know what you know what it is <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean it's because even if you look back to last year when the Dodgers traded for Scherzer and, and Turner and they went to the World, or they they almost went to the World Series, right? They were yeah. they were close, but you know they they still got Trey Turner for however many years he's there, and you know even though Scherzer left,
1: he's actually a free agent know, this season after the season. Is he Turner really? Okay, th- yes, yes, so he is. Again, like last They got year. this okay. year as the bonus season, which uh, okay, fine, <laughs> great. He's an but all-star again.
0: I guess the question so much is like. Including Patrick Corbin, it's like, well, how much does that realistically bring down? Like, if you include the Patrick Corbin contract, you know, does that say, okay, we won't take we won't take a Tiedman anymore, or we won't take a Kevin Biggio? Because that makes a difference, right? And I think I that brings, brings it
1: down to the aggregate that you don't have to give up Boba Bichette. I still think you're giving up Mourinho and another top prospect. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's- you're still getting a young Major League ready guy and another yeah. <laughs> prospect and that's I, where I was reading that as but to the bidding war I, thing you were alluding to who knows well
0: well and it just depends right like the Nationals could come in and be like we
1: you know Bo Bichette's a deal breaker
0: we need to have him or you know get, Moreno's a deal breaker we need to have him and depending on what the Blue Jays front office is, wants to do that yep. that might be a that might be a non-starter we have no idea but at the same time you know you, you, you know, the the podcast group here, quite a few people online saying the same thing. The Blue Jays yep. core right now of young players and veteran players, you know, we you obviously we have the injuries that, you know, Kikuchi hasn't played well. Right? He was done for the season. Bradley's on the roster. Like it's they they have such a good a talented team. They have such a talented team that just hasn't met expectations to start this, this, the half, right? And the Yankees mm-hmm. are playing well. You know, does adding Soto and Corbin move that needle? And, you know, a lot of people are going to say the answer is yes, but it depends on what's going back, right? Because losing yes. Bobachette, Bobachette is a fantastic it player. It creates another void
1: that you're hoping a Martinez or somebody fell, right? you don't and trade comes back in, right? Or Jordan Groshans actually yeah. becomes the guy we thought he was going to be. Yeah. What's that exactly, next piece, right? right? <laughs>
0: right and then but at the same time trading prospects away you know for a lot of people makes sense because if you look at for example Nate Pearson he was a highly guarded top prospect he was going to be the ace of the staff and due to injuries and some performance like he's just hasn't panned out to what we all thought he was going to be right and that could be the same yeah. with Groshans and Martinez and you know maybe Tiedman hits the injury bug next year who knows right who knows? so okay, you never know it's a lot of people will say if we are going to trade away three top prospects and get a generational talent and a, another pitcher, I think a lot of people are going to say yes.
1: Yes, and, and I think, I think the as much as I don't want to say it, the Patrick Corbin thing, like I said, it is the throw money at situation, right? Mm-hmm. I was just looking up his uh, contract stuff off of Sport Track, and he's actually got two more seasons after this year, so he'll be thirty-four going into his 35 year season to be an uh, unrestricted free yeah. agent and he's going to be making 24 th- or 24 million next year and 35 the following you and are going to be losing reused contracts <laughs> you're going to be yeah. paying george springer in that time frame so and then you're going to hope to pay i think at the midst of this i think that's one of those things that it'll sort itself out financially cuz the blue jays know they have franchise players in vlad Bo and company so who if the, you know if something doesn't happen in the midst of this trade with those core guys they're gonna fi- i really truly think they're gonna find a way to pay them um it they it, it's just it's this it's the same thing what's going on with the nationals right now we this team would have to be that bad for them not to pay those guys in a couple years um and then you're like i said you're not gonna pay for you anymore after this year you're not going to be Paying um, eventually I don't think They're going to I just as much as I want to see Teoscar on this team I don't think they're going to give him the brick Of money he needs <laughs> um, <laughs> things like with that. that and
0: Gurriel junior too Right? He's he's Correct. after this next Season he too is gone So Get it's an opt-out you know, or
1: whatever right
0: It was weird he had Like if you looked at sport track it was you know He was still on the books for another two years Because of his deal and then I can't Remember who I think it was Ben Nicholson Smith came out and said No 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 this is how his contract out actually. Somehow. Well, yeah, it was it was the way the contract was, and he's actually a free agent the same time as Hernandez, like after next season, right? And yeah. you know, if you want to sign Guerrero Jr. and let's say Bobichet and you know like Alec Manoa in the future, like do you have that? You know, Rogers Rogers is what they're, but they're also a business, right? They're not Steve, you know they're not like a Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen will throw so much money at it, and pay the luxury tax, <laughs> and, you know, move on.
1: But from recent days, news I hear out of Canada, though, maybe they should invest in the Blue Jays better because their cell network's on <laughs> <aren't> the working, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you, can,
0: you, can keep, you can keep the refund money if you assign Guerrero Jr.
1: to launch the Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and then just to be the flip side of this whole thing, I did uh, look up Juan Soto's contract status and everything, and this year was his second arbitration, and he's making a cool $17.1 million from his arbitration hearing, and he has the next two so he until he gets to his 826 season he would be a blue jay in yeah. this trade so yes. to me whole, i would the gladly year. take on the, the corbin money to match up in that same time frame <laughs> to pay juan soto <laughs> so yeah. i i think and the, to that point that's not that, that's 17 million dollar mark isn't a thing to slouch at too you're trading for that and like i said if the if the catch is the Nationals really want in that wiggle room financially to take whatever they get from this trade and then go buy shit at the free agent market next year. That's a pretty good bargaining chip back in the favor of the Blue Jays. We'll give you these prospects, but we're, we're eating, you know, from the next, We're they're basically eating $50 million between two guys from this trade. <laughs> so, and actually closer to 60 by the time you factor in another year of Soto, too. So, that gets a little rough. So
0: you know what? It might come down to just who's got the better offer. Like if the Yankees are really in on it and they say, you know, let's let's say they have pretty equal trade packages. It might come down to okay, well, who will who will throw in a kicker? You know, yeah. both of you will take Corbin? Sure. Both of you will offer your top threes? Sure. Yeah. They'll offer Glaber. We offer, you know, Bichette I would think has more, but you know, you know, Glaber's the this season. Right? Like who's gonna offer the kicker? Because there's a lot of teams that, you know, the Padres. The Padres are definitely one in there. You know, the yep. Cardinals have some depth. Like, it's, there's quite a few, like the Mets, the Mets do too, but you would think they're not going to trade within the division. You never know.
1: Right? I went, if they do, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the the kicker they usually get plus the ball, yeah. the in-trade, right. you know, in-division so it, it, thing. So they don't want know, to see someone playing against them while they're it, trying to get good again. That'd be horrible.
0: Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. You would have riots.
1: It's maybe Bryce <laughs> right. Harper all over again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right and it's just it's such an interesting time because you've never you know because even technically like could the angels also trade otani like he's close to free agency as well and
1: if something you know, angels like are that in a better happens. Position, yeah if something like that happens this whole market for this whole thing is going to become an arguing point cuz <laughs> what you just said there otani fixes two of the blue jays problems He's that much more <laughs> valuable because yeah. he can pitch. <laughs> and but I'm you, sorry to say know. our lineup, the way it is currently constructed, you have fucking Ohtani Ben in like the five hole or four spot just <laughs> mashing the baseball after. Who gives a shit if he pitches every fifth days? He doesn't have to be the offense. I Right hmm. now, that offense is Mike Trout, Shoya Ohtani. And every once in a while, Brandon Marsh and <laughs> stuff and whatnot, <laughs> Angels. Um, there's just not enough there. That that is them running the show. He doesn't have to be the offensive force yeah. that he's been in the Blue Jays lineup. He could have an off day and he's still going to mash. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but to that point, Soto is a plus defensive outfielder, and he, like I said, he just rakes and he knows how to get on base. He knows how to get. He knows how to clearly score more runs. He has more runs than RBIs right now on a team, like I said, that has trouble scoring runs. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's going to be very interesting to see where this trade deadline goes. And I just wanted to give everybody here a little bit of primer on the whole fun with what could be with Juan Soto. Um, Let's say everything does fall in the line here. We maybe part with an outfielder. Let's say Lourdes or Teoscar or somehow. Part of that trade package that goes back Washington way, so you have an open outfield spot, and you keep Bichette somehow. Where are you putting Soto in your lineup there? I know right now the current construction of our lineup now that the Schneider era is on is Springer, Vladdy, (laughs) and Kirk and that Bo. Honestly, I'm I kind of like the the lineup shakeup, and it's been working. Are you putting? things back to the way they were a little bit, and putting Soto in the two-hole in front of Laddie. or are you putting him in the cleanup spot or something? Because that's how so would, ridiculous this lineup all of a sudden gets if you hold on to Bichette and company. See,
0: I would keep... Here's the thing. I would keep Bichette and... Because even Bichette's... Because well, Kirk now hits third, pretty much. Yeah, Laddie's at second, Bo is at fourth. Springer's your leadoff. That doesn't change. And that's
1: not changing anytime soon.
0: <laughs> you know, does you know, does Bichette bump down to five, right? Like let's, let's say, let's say Vladdy and Soto, you can two or three switch no matter what you can yep. argue either way. You know, Soto goes two for this day, because it's a righty on the mound and you put
1: mm-hmm.
0: lefty because of the, you play the matchups, right? Kirk yep. maybe is your four. Maybe, you know, do you even consider moving him up to two? Cause he's such a contact hitter, right? Like, yeah. obviously, obviously you want, you, you want people who get on base. Right. And he's correct. And Kirk base. has
1: no problem getting on base. So, right. This
0: speed speed's a bit of a factor because he's not the fastest guy on the team, right? So maybe
1: his <laughs> legs are only this down. long.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe you keep him, you know, in the fourth or fifth. And then maybe Bichette hits after, you know, if Hernandez yep. isn't there, that makes that makes more, you know, makes more sense, right? But I would think, you know, Vladdy, Vladdy and Soto, if, if you had to, I would think you could argue either way, two or three. You maybe you could maybe put Soto third just because Vladdy, you know, he has the power, but, you know, he's had the launch angle things going yeah. on a little bit, right? So maybe you put him in the two, knowing he'll get on base, and you, Soto's got the, you know, if he's got the launch angle and the power going on right now, you have mm-hmm. him in the third. But really, there's no reason.
1: There's no I would bad think there's no,
0: re- there's no bad place, right? Like, you could, argue, like you, we could sit here for an hour and be like, this is why you should have Vlad at two, and this is why you should have Soto at
1: three, yep. and
0: Kirk at four, and Bichetta at four. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so... It's so fluid, and
1: I think, like I said, even not though to mention so it's in having... the midst of that, you still have either Teoscar or Lourdes in that situation that I laid out. Yeah. And, then right. and then you have Chapman, and you have Esplinov. Yeah. This lineup becomes—it's—it's it's already so pretty serious. imposing. But dear yeah. God, that's murderers rowish, <laughs> you know. So, oh, and not to mention you to be guaranteed like having that. it for two oh. years. <laughs> so that'd be. I, if I'm doing it, i got to put Springer, Soto, Vlad, and then whatever the hell falls into place after. Okay. I it. just, and, it's just good, and it's the speed just thing. It like it's that. the speed <laughs> thing with Soto. I love. I honestly really like the that Vlad move of them way. putting in, him into the second spot, but it's the fact that Soto and Vlad bat the ball skills, I'm thinking are pretty damn close. But like you said, it gets down to the launch angle part. Who actually hits the ball over the fence more, and all that kind of good stuff. But the fact that the legs on Soto are that much crazy. And I'm not saying nothing about Vlad not being sneaky fast. Because <laughs> he is sneaky he fast. He Correct. Base. He's a freaking machine, man. Five-tool guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> But it'd be very interesting. And I do really, truly think, and I think you agreed with me from this conversation, that the Blue Jays do actually have the ammunition to play with this idea. So the question is, is where does it become the bidding war with the Yankees, Padres, any of these other co- teams that are involved in it? And is it the fact that you know, it's not just Soto on that trade deadline day that's available? Is it Otani? Is it somebody else? Who's that other name that tr- becomes the you know, 50-50s this Because I do really, truly think that it's going to be a pitcher that we don't know about, another hitter, whoever at this point that's going to wreck this market for Soto a little bit. To bring it back to reality.
0: Well, because one thing I I find kind of interesting is while obviously Ryu getting injured is is unfortunate, you never want to see someone get injured right for a long time. Because he's injured, the Blue Jays can take on a player now with with more contract control in the starting in the starting rotation, right? Because if you think about it, if let's say the Blue Jays are like we want to go and get Luis Castillo, right? Luis Castillo one of the top pitchers can probably going to be available at the trade deadline. You know, he's going to realistically, he's going to be in the same market area as what Jose Barrios got last year with any yep. team trades for Jose Barrios. Right? That's
1: honestly or, probably a very good comp for as far as talent going yeah. you know, the other direction right. too.
0: And, and Castillo might even get more because he's, he's, he's pitching better than Barrios was last year, but regardless, Correct. let's, we could stay with that.
1: Keep that it park. the same ballpark for now. Yeah. For the yeah. sake of argument.
0: Ryu, <laughs> right. Ryu with Ryu being hurt. Like, let's say he was healthy right now. And he was yep. pitching okay, like he was pitching around the 40, here, right? and you had Kikuchi on there. You like there's so much dedicated money to the rotation. Well, now that Ryu's hurt, if the season was to end today and we go into next season, the rotation is missing a starter. Now, yes, does, is. is that pitcher? Is that pitcher Nate Pearson? Well, we don't know because of, of the injury risk. Is that pitcher Max Castillo? And it's like, yeah, he's he's been doing pretty well lately. Has been right?
1: flying through the rest of the minor league yeah, this season? And, what is it? What is that question yeah. mark? And honestly, I don't know if you've looked at the free agent market for this offseason for pitchers, but it's not anything screaming, oh, my God. No. It's very and, in the Castillo ballpark where you're getting good talent, but you're not getting the ace-level guy, which maybe we yeah. don't need. But <laughs> go big or go home but at no, this point. <laughs>
0: But now that Ryu's hurt, for you know he might never pitch for the Blue Jays again, right? Like
1: he, very he might, well come back might midway,
0: He might come back midway through the summer. But now that you know he's out, you have this hole in your rotation. Tiedman might not be ready until midway through next year. Pearson's yep. a wild card. You never know. You can take on a Castillo or a Frankie Montas contract without creating this logjam six-man rotation. Even if let's say Kik- uh, Kikuchi goes to the bullpen right? Like, he's going to be the bullpen forever. He's an Expensive bullpen arm is what it is. You move on, right? But now you have this open spot for at least next season, and that could be a difference maker when it comes to, you know, because it was the same premise last year with Jose Barrios, right? It's like, okay, we're trading two top prospects, but we're getting Uh, a year and a half of Barrios,
1: and then then they turned around and locked them up, so it was even another piece to it.
0: Exactly. They might do something similar
1: with another arm that they try to get in this year.
0: Exactly, and you know, it's a, it's the same premise. If you trade for Castillo, you probably take yourself out of the Soto market because you yeah. might you probably don't have enough. You maybe you can maybe you do, and you and you, you got to get real funky with it. But if you're trading for Castillo, you know you probably trading Groshans, and I would I would think they probably try and hold on to Teeman. Maybe you do like a Sem Robberies, rubber's however you pronounce his name. Yeah, and like a Miguel or, Morales, Ike
1: like, or something. Yeah,
0: right, and it's. Like you can get away from it there, but it's once you get rid of a top prospect or two, you take your stuff out of that. So, huh. so right. it's going to be really interesting on what the front office wants to do and how realistic they they're going to go after Soto, especially with how yeah. competitive the market is. And you know, if you go after Soto and then all of a sudden Luis Castillo gets traded
1: and then you don't get you don't get Soto, it's like yo, we're in what a bit of now. a hole now, right? And, <laughs> but you never know. You, like, better, you know what? You better hurry up and call up Teedman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, Ross Ross Atkins showed his hand last year. He's not afraid to trade prospects if needed, right? Because if you have told me last year, at the start of the year, that uh, uh, Austin Martin was going to get traded, I would have, I would have called you, you many minutes. Yeah, and you know what? At the at the end of the day, he got traded, and Woods Richardson, same thing. Like it w- I would never think he got traded. And yeah. Atkins showed. show Richard's
1: having a rough Richardson's having a rough year in trouble uh, in the minors this year too. So it's even looking a he's, little bit better.
0: He's, he's starting <laughs> to turn it around though. It's, yes. it, I, I looked it up. I think it was, I, I wrote an article on about last week, all the prospects Atkins has traded and <laughs> Richard Richardson started off. Cause he was weird last year. He started off. Well, he ended poorly and then he started this year. He, he wasn't, he wasn't amazing, but he wasn't terrible. And then yeah. he started turning in a great campaign. It like he started turning it around again. It's like, oh, okay. And then you look at Austin Martin, and he's kind of like middle of the road. And you're like, yeah. I don't like, eh. like, well, I, don't, I see a couple of Minnesota Twins sites, and they're like, is Austin Martin going to get traded? Is Austin Martin going to get traded? And it's like, you know, that was a quick, that was a quick that turn. Was a quick turn. <laughs> but he's, you know, he, he fell off the top hundred prospect list. He's still their second rank prospect, though. So it's, yes. And I do
1: truly Mm -hmm. believe the two of them have all the talent in the world and are going to be major leaguers. I'll give you the question of quality of how good of major leaguers, because I also, being the guy that I saw, the the Minnesota Twins used to be the Rochester Red Wings uh, affiliate, so right (laughs) here in my hometown, so I saw (laughs) Burrios... Uh, and I'm like, he's got it He's going to figure this out eventually And unfortunately, everybody's riding the same train That I've been riding since I saw him here He's amazing, he's amazing ah! <laughs> He's amazing, he's amazing He's amazing <laughs> And um, to that point, I saw Byron Buxton For years, too Buxton didn't do anything worth even Writing home about until last season And he was constantly hurt He couldn't hit the ball h- Half the time here in A. And then all of a sudden, bang I honestly think that is more of the ballpark of what's going on with Austin Martin. Someday he's just going to show up at the park, and it's going to click, and he's going to run away with it. And that just it speaks to his talent. I can't say I, – I don't know what to tell you about Richardson. <laughs> I really don't. We have a um, – for my fantasy baseball league, we have a um, – we do a, a minor league pick. For a pitcher and a catcher every oh, year, yeah. or I mean, a pitcher and a hitter every year that you hold on to and you retain until the All Star break the following year. With how oh, Richardson okay. was doing last year, before the Blue Jays traded him, I picked him as my pitcher to hold on to until this tri- till this hmm. um, All Star break. I didn't. Let's just say I didn't re pick him. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a little rough. <laughs> I was sitting here going, oh, there's my guy." <laughs>
0: Uh, yes he's he's back down he's at a 3.4 ERA right now in double a there you go uh, through 11.
1: so, so he so, so he is getting better he's, he's at he's five getting back. He's getting better.
0: right well cuz it was when he went to the united states he he was struggling right before he went to the united states he got traded when he was over there in tokyo and yep. then he came back he he didn't he's pitch like, for right. a while he didn't he was weird he didn't pitch for a while it was almost like it kind of like building him back up almost and then, yeah, yeah he just he had a few starts, and they were just, you know, not, not at what the start of the season was,
1: right? Yeah, but to our point here, this is what prospects are for. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. you can hope and wish and dream as much as you want, but there's some guys that will never make it to the major leagues that you toted as a next coming this to your best player, you know. Um, yeah. How many catchers of the Blue Jays said we're going to be the next guy? How many Travis Snyders did we have to swallow for so many years? And E.J. At,
0: Davis, yeah. Exactly. Guys, it,
1: right? guys I loved, <laughs> you know. You, for yeah. every one of those guys, for every good guy like you, that comes through the system like Ed Sprague or Bobachette or Vladdy or any of those guys, that Sean Greens, the Delgados, you have equally quadruple that amount. <laughs> that didn't make it, you know. Yeah, it's it's just, just how it is, and I'm just going to give you the case in point here. I don't give a sh. What we <laughs> trade for this thing to get <laughs> either of these trades done? I either need a pitcher or I need a hitter for this trade deadline. I don't even care which way the line goes because I'm either going to bludgeon people with offense or we're going to finally get the pitching back on track. So, um, I You're point to 2015. Yeah, 2015 repetitively, and I don't. And to that point, there is so much more in the cupboards right now in the Blue Jays system that is ridiculous to the point that I wouldn't even be worried about trading two or three of our top prospects. As far as the current team that is on the field right now is sustained. We have this mm-hmm. core together, unlike in 2015 where you just grabbed and threw it all together and hope to yes, turn it, it was, And it was veteran heavy. It was pretty
0: veteran Correct. heavy. Correct.
1: Very veteran heavy. And in the midst of that right now, if you trade, like, like you were saying, you trade Van Eyck, you trade Tiedman or whatever. Okay, great. You have Barrios and Gosman anchoring this rotation for years. You don't have, <laughs> You can supplement a couple of pitchers on the free agent market behind them if you had to, not bring in young, youngsters, you know. Um, then maybe you do trades for somebody this way, and then you extend it out and get Castillo or somebody like that. Okay, that's three pitchers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't need to worry about that pipeline being is top-end heavy right now. I can trade the potential in somebody like the Van Eyck, the Tiedman, the Rubbers, like you said, um, whatever it might be to get this trade done and get, and still not feel it at the major league level. Does Buffalo Bisons need to win a championship at some point? Yes. I would love to see it, <laughs> but exactly. it doesn't have to happen. Well, see, it's interesting.
0: Steve, cause it's interesting you bring up Van Eyck. Cause this is, he's out right now with Tommy John. He's recovered from. Correct. Thomas, right? And that's one thing. Very where intriguing. <laughs> oh, I know, but, but that's, but that's, that brings up a good point. Can you imagine if he was healthy right now
1: and yes. he was pitching
0: like, like Teedman, for example, how much of a difference yeah. that makes? Like even kloffenstein yeah. Klopfenstein's having a better year. That he, he he didn't have a great year last year. He's having a better yeah. year this year, at least Correct. last time I looked. And can you imagine how much, how different that would, because even like Robert C., he jumped up the charts. Like he, like once Hogland was gone, Hogland was gone. Um, Tiedman was your number one. And then Robert yep. C. just, jumped up the charts like that, and you know, it's just, it's interesting to think of the, the coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? Because it's like, well, if C.J. <laughs> Van Eyck was healthy right now, you know, and obviously Teedman's doing fantastic, he's he's you know, bull rushing the minor league system.
1: Correct. Could you
0: have dangled C.J. Van Eyck instead and say, hey, he's you know, we don't want to give up Teedman, but we'll give you Van Eyck, and we'll give you Geraldo or something, and that yes. is enough for them to be like, yeah, because that's that, because that was one prospect I thought going to get traded at the de- is one prospect I think will get traded at the deadline this year is Geraldo, because he is Rule Five eligible. Same with a few others on that top prospect list. So it's like, well, you know, you gotta you gotta weigh the pros and cons. And yep. some of these players you can deal because you know the Blue Jays have an influx of of middle infield talent. Could you trade some of those players away to land the Juan Soto or you, maybe not Juan Soto because of
1: you know it's going to take all the other stuff. But... Martina,
0: right? It's going to but could you use that for? <laughs> you know, a Castile or even
1: like a, but they also, but even just that guy, they got guys like Manuel Beltre, you know, that are down at at everybody knows they're going to hit, you know, that kid is very, very talented. So there's, like I said, the depth is there. So either those guys move up to our top prospects into the top 10, which I'm not worried about. (laughs) They're very talented. Or we, Give them more plethora of prospects to land one of those guys because we can afford to do it. I don't care about those guys that are in double, double A, single A right now. And out of all these you're guys, all, <laughs> uh, all these guys that you're talking about, Kloffenstein's the one that's the closest to the majors at double A. And t- I'm sorry to say, but I love him, but I think he's going to follow the Jordan Romano. Like career line. I oh, think yeah. he's going to have a really rough time transitioning and he's going to be destined to be one of our awesome, amazing bullpen arms. I really think that's where I'm seeing his prospect chart go. Okay. But I would love to see it work out the other way where he just is an ace on the staff, like <laughs> I thought he going to be. But right now it just seems too familiar and I'm, you know, using the crystal ball here and I'm like, Okay, well that that's his bottom. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know. Well so.
0: and that, and that brings up a good point cuz of Brandon Brear, like if they sign him, right? And yep. you know, he he projects to be a lot of people think he's going to be like like a team in Manoa Mashup, right? Like and right. you know, if he can project to be that top player, is that is that, you know, a replacement for Team, men? you yeah, you lose Team, men, but yeah, you got this another guy who's Maybe a year or two away behind him, mind you. He's he's a high he's out of high school, right? Whereas yep. Tiedman came from I think it was JUCO called Golden West. I can't remember, um, <laughs> right? And he so he he had he had another like let's say year on because he got bit by the he he got bit by COVID pretty hard. Yeah. Teemann did because he was going to go to San Diego
1: and he had and yeah, he lost a, a ton job. of weight and whatnot, didn't he? And all that kind of stuff. So it was just him, well, yeah, and he got, got the swing of it.
0: Well, and then he got in, you know, once the Blue Jays drafted him, they got him into a throwing program. And even, you know, even Tucker Toman, when he got drafted, he said, I, I, he pretty much said on Twitter, like, I turned teams away and I wanted to go with the Blue Jays, which is, you know, super beau bichette like (laughs) (laughs) Like, I turned, I turned teams away. This is where I wanted to go. Fuck the Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? And that's the player complex that they built. Like, this, that's a huge game changer. And
1: plays a very big game
0: changer. And. You know, I know I'm getting away from the 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 one sort of conversation that we're having, but
1: it's <laughs> we need it's, to get away from that eventually here, anyway.
0: <laughs> but it, it, it's it's just it's uh, you know it's not it's not every year that a generational talent comes up, <laughs>
1: and you're like, and that's yeah, why I'm really, saying for like like money, money Bichette, at but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I. If there's some way that you can keep Beau Bouchette in this e- equation here and trade whatever else that needs to happen, I think you have to make it happen, regardless okay. of what those other make-it-happen things are, as long as it's not touching our pitching at the major league level. That's the one thing we can't afford to do. You can't trade a Manoa to get a Soto. That just makes oh, a horrible I think, mess over here. I think there's two untouchables, and Manoa's one of them. I think there's two untouchables,
0: and Manoa's one of them.
1: Yeah, I and I'm guessing a... Vlad might be the other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I knew it. So it's the hair, isn't it? It's it's got it's got you hooked. <laughs> so
0: he's he's been a solid bench outfielder. He's done exactly what he needed to do.
1: <laughs> exactly. And uh, he's he's found a nice niche in that bench in that role. I and mean, um, he can keep doing that. In worst case scenario, they have somebody that comes in and can be, you know, giving a pitcher some, an itch while they're uh, late in the, you know, well, that's what a fourth outfielder, in my opinion, is supposed to be. It's supposed to look something like him. Um, they hit the hit well enough. They play good defense and they can steal a base. That's honestly why I thought eventually yeah. Dalton Pompey was going to be one of the best, out, oh. one of the good outfielders, and it was a destined yeah. to be Ray acquis- Tampa Bay Rays' acquisition, but <laughs> it wow. is what now it was, is. Yeah, now he's in Guelph. <laughs> yeah, um, but hey, you know, those are the kind of things that happen in baseball, so... Anyways, I want to get back to some other things that happen in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Segway points me. Um, there's like I said, we at the top of the show here, we talked about there was a lot to unload and unpack as far as Blue Jays fans go over the last collective week since we all saw you last. Um, we we lot. We ditched our manager, by the way. We called that, I guess, during our show. We were surprised it didn't happen the night of the last show, last Tuesday. But, okay, great. It happened. So the Schneider era is in full swing. First, Tyson, I want to hear what you think about the Montoyo thing, how you felt about his collective amount of work as a Blue Jays manager, and then how do you feel with the Schneider, the John Schneider era kicking off here?
0: Well, you know, with with Montoya, when he was when he was brought in, he was brought in at a time when, you know, the team's rebuilding. This is his first chance at general manager, like, and he was, you know, if you talk to anybody at baseball who's ever met him, and they'll say, oh, he's a great guy, great personality, et cetera, et cetera. And from what was coming out of kind of like the Blue Jays camp over the past couple of weeks, you know, you could see when the slump was going on and they weren't playing well and they weren't meeting the super high expectations. You know, as much as as much as the manager. Does this and that, and you know the players are held accountable for what they do on the field. It was just kind of a change was needed, right? Correct. And unfortunately, that's that's Montoya,
1: right? And I'm surprised right. it, it was just him. <laughs> you know, and that's and the it, thing that shocked I, me the most. There,
0: there could, you know, that you could argue a few other, you know, coaching staff could have gone too, but Correct. at the end of the day, I think I think I wouldn't say Montoya lost the room, but I wouldn't say. You know, just the way he is, he's not the kind of guy that walks in and is like commands attention right away. You yeah, know, all eyes on me, kind of thing. He's a personable guy. He's that kind of guy that you know that he's he's a manager, but he's also there for you. You know, and obviously yes. that a good guy. He's, he's part
1: of your support system, right. not the guy that needs yeah. to kick you in the ass when you need to do it.
0: <laughs> right, and that's and right now the Blue Jays management thought you know we need a guy who's going to hold you accountable. Right, and correct. They're in, they're in a very fortunate position that they have John Schneider, right? Because yes. from all accounts and purposes, John Schneider is a manager in waiting, right? He was. It, you, it wouldn't be surprising. Let like, Let's say Montoyo stayed. The Blue Jays were World Series champions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like there's there's a hundred percent guarantee that Mon, like that uh, Schneider was going to be doing manager interviews, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And the one thing the Blue Jays had going from was a they had Schneider on the bench and. He had. He's just. He's grown up with all of these players, right? Like he's he's managed Guerrero Jr., Bichette, Biggio, Espinal. He's ma- He's managed all of them.
1: And oh, there's the key every, bit in that. He's won with them.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, when he took over, I think it was in like 2009 or 2010 in the minor in the rookie leagues there as manager. Like he every level he's gone to. He's just he's won, and he yes. did it in he did it in Double A. He won Manager of the Year the Easter the League Manager of the Year award. And then the Blue Jays, they brought him up when all the players were going to get called up as well. And that speaks, I think that speaks volumes. Because A, not only is he, not only are they thinking that he's, you know, he he's a great analytical mind. He's that kick in the butt the team needs. Like, he's also just knows these players on a different level that, you know, as much as Montoyo came in in 2019 and all these players, you know, made their MLB debuts at that time, they were going through that rebuild you know, Schneider's been with them for a lot longer. And I think that holds a lot of value because he got to see them when they were still developing and they were still growing. And at the same time, you know, hearing stories from back to when he was manager, like he holds teams accountable. He held his teams accountable and he got the results that, you know, that won championships or got them to the championships. Like, and, at the, if if Montoya had stayed, I would 100% think he was Schneider was interviewing this for a manager role
1: somewhere 100%. Off, This offseason. Or if 100%. not taking his job this offseason. <laughs> you know, exactly. I really think this was one of those things. Yeah. Go ahead. You're the guest. You go first. Okay. <laughs>
0: the, one thing, the one thing that I will say is that you know Montoya did get fired, but the one thing that I, I want to compare him to last season. Because last season, he made a lot more what I would call in-game decision, like errors, where he made questionable decisions that impacted the game. And a lot of people were screaming for him to get fired last year because there was more examples on the field, right? Like there was more, you know, he he left in this pitcher too long. He didn't, you know, take he didn't put Kirk in the bat here and the guy who came into a double play, right? It was very and under the
1: microscope. Year,
0: Yeah, and this year, you know, we saw a lot more fire in him. The Blue Jays were, you know, getting pinched by the umpires and he was out there hooting and hollering, right? And I just think back to that incident last year with Brandon Hyde when he was yelling at Robbie Ray and everyone's like, Charlie, what are you doing? This manager's yelling at your pitcher and you're not doing anything about it? Like, and, you know, like I said, like, like I said earlier, when people were thinking he lost the room and that's why he got fired this time, it's like, you know what? it, it was kind of it was weird because this year he's got more fire and he's got more passion but obviously i, I don't want to say something, something happened on, right, right? Yeah. something i wouldn't say something happened but it's almost the team wasn't meeting expectations and management said we need to make a change whether or not it, it's charlie's fault is irregardless they needed to make Correct. a change and that's how do you kick where they, how Sh- do you kick
1: some... <laughs> i'm gonna quote one of my favorite baseball movies in the in, in the world and i'm a i'm a giant fan of the movie um bolt durham And this whole thing struck me as that part where the manager walks in while Kevin Costner's shaving and he goes, I don't know what to do with them. I've been this, I've been that. And he goes, their kids scare (laughs) 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 him." That's all it struck me. Yes. And I was, I couldn't believe it when it happened. And like, like I said, I had a strange feeling it was going to happen, but I didn't think the blue Jays would actually have the balls and the cojones to actually make it happen. Um, just, to go off of what you were saying, Tyson, I want to mention the fact that I do believe that Charlie Montoyo actually was the right manager for the right time, because yeah. Schneider was not ready to be a major league manager. He got apprenticed in the school of hard knocks by watching and working with Charlie Montoyo and everybody else on the current Blue Jays staff at the major league level. To go with all that wonderful stuff he had learned, like you had said, in the minor leagues, being a minor league manager, doing this, doing that, all that great stuff, winning the New Hampshire team with this current core um that was just a great season and i think the hilarious thing out of that is everybody forgets that kevin biggio actually won the mvp award that year in the eastern league not <laughs> Bo, not Vlad, <laughs> not lordis <laughs> everybody goes what When i tell them that i have the program sitting on my mantle in my <laughs> right now happy show shown proof <laughs> so but i i think that you know where this team was going through a rebuild. They, he, somebody need to be here to build the confidence of these players at the major league level. I don't know if you would have gotten that same aspect from somebody that was a kicking-in-the-ass type or keeping John Gibbons around or John whatever. Him. Correct, any of that kind of level. Montoyo did help build up these guys at the major league level to the point where they, did, they he made the playoffs twice. <laughs> so there was something Very cooking sure. right. So I can't... I'm never going to say one bad thing about Charlie Montoya other than those few things that you alluded to with the Brandon Hyde thing. And um, there was a couple of times where I questioned the fact that he didn't seem to try and force a couple of hurt guys that were clearly hurt out of the game, that pitch, instead of waiting for another pitch. (laughs) There was a few things there that was just like, really get out there, do your get them out, you know, do this, do that. Or not to mention I, if some, if, if Hyde says something while well, Schneider's in that dugout, I would guarantee you they're shit flying into that other dugout. <laughs> I don't know what I, what's going to happen, but there is going to be hell to pay. And I think for where the team is now, they need to have that edge. They need to push the issue. They have to win ball games that, Going with the status quo and just running with things, don't worry, we're going to be fine at the end of the year. Everything's going to fall into place like we've seen the last two years, which it pretty damn almost did last year. We're missing it by one damn game. But if you force the issue and maybe what we've already seen in a few games with Schneider as the coach, they're trying to hit and run. They're stealing bases. They're Playing small ball, not just waiting for the home run, which is how I kind of summarize the Charlie Montoyo offense. I can't remember the last time I saw a hit and run until that one with Tapia the first night that Schneider was. (laughs) I can't remember the last time. So I think it was the right time and the right thing. And I think now that we're at this ballpark, it's if you were going to make a move this midseason. You're not gonna have somebody else come in. John Schneider deserves every chance in hell to Whatever. take this team to the promised land and see what happens. And the fact Whatever. that I didn't—I didn't realize this until Shulman was talking about it during this first broadcast. I knew that he'd been in the Blue Jays organization for a long time, but he has been a Blue Jay for 20 damn years. He's bleeding yeah. blue, red, red, white, and blue at he this was a, point. He was
0: a player, for, he was a catcher first. Yep.
1: we drafted him. I didn't realize that. I knew he was, yeah. like I said, I knew he was within the minor league system and that's where his career came to an end as a player. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, you want to be a coach? Go to Vancouver. And they he was yeah. the third yeah. base coach like that overnight. The day he decided to retire yeah. from baseball. So the
0: concussions. Yeah. He, he got a bunch, he was in like, he made it up to like, I think it was like double AA, a triple a too. He was, he made it quite a ways. And then if I remember correctly, he was correctly, expected was to be an everyday
1: catcher at the major league yeah. level and the health reasons, concussions yeah. just couldn't, yeah. He, he, you got to at, at some point He's as a player, you, you have to take yourself yeah. into account and know when your limits are and whatnot. And and from everything, it sounds like even as his playing career goes, he had this whole thing planned out the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and he to me, he just seems like that guy that is going to control the locker room, hold the guys accountable prop them up when they need to be propped up and then kick them in the butt when they do need it. He strikes me as that old school manager that we need. He, he honestly has to me, he has that Bobby Cox feel to him a little bit. And <laughs> so, I, and like I said, that's high praise. I'm just saying, as far as guys I seen, managing throughout my i'm 37 i've had the plethora of seeing you know pleasure of seeing plenty of major league baseball and watch guys he has that kind of persona with me he's gonna be involved in the game no matter what's going on and he's gonna find a way to win whether it's putting pushing this guy hitting and running stealing a base sorry you not you don't have it today and yanking you really quick <laughs> you know whatever it might be um I did find something interesting that I tweeted out the day he got hired because everybody was like, oh, what is this guy? You can't do this. And, you know, everybody was freaking out about John Schneider. And literally half of Blue Jays Twitter was just reaming the fact that he's here as a placeholder until the end of the year, until they can hire somebody else. There has not been a Blue Jays manager in history that has lost a job. And then that guy has come back right in on his coattails has been the manager for at least the following full season. So if I just go through the list here, because I pulled it back up. uh, (laughs) One of those guys was Jimmy Williams in 1989. uh, Yeah, yeah, he had a whole 12 wins with 24. And that's when, you know, Cito Gaston, (laughs) you know, right then and there. That's where it kicked off. Cito Gaston goes on to be basically the manager for a decade. You know, no big deal. Wins two oh, okay. World Series. <laughs> Crazy good important. record. Not God. a big deal. Don't worry about it. Um, then he, the Heat, this is the only exception, and I don't count this in it because it was a whole five games. They, The Blue Jays management, for whatever reason, and maybe it was a mutual just see you later, uh, the, the final five games of 1997, they let go of Cito Gaston. So Mel Queen... Was technically Mm. the manager for five games. I'm not counting a five-game transition. That wasn't a (laughs) chance for him to prove himself a worthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you you flash. Yeah. So then you flash forward to 2002. This one's one I still don't agree with till this day, but that's besides the point. Carlos Tosca (laughs) comes in, takes over the team, and actually has just like Cito when he took over a winning record to close out the season as the manager. He gets the next two seasons until he loses the job mid-season in 2004 to none other than John Gibbons. <laughs> Noticing a trend. John Gibbons. <laughs> and then, funny enough, we just go full circle with Blue Jays managers in 2008, and cedo gets rehired. <laughs> I remember Cito's that
0: day. Are... I remember that day because it was like, it was like, oh, you could be the manager. Of this and then it was
1: like John Gibbons. <laughs> exactly. And then, oh, Cito. <laughs> so Cito comes back, and then he actually hangs it up legitimately after an 85 and 77 record and finishing 44th place in that season again. God damn it, early millennium, 2010 ish ball pride. So, but then everything else since that has been somebody, end of the season, moves, end of the season, moves. So this is the, since the, John, John Gibbons, the CETO management part. This is the next midseason move for the Blue Jays. And this team is built to be a winner. You would think that with any kind of kick in the butt in the right direction here, or maybe this catalyst, we were talking at the top end of the show with a trade, whatever it might be. Schneider has a very good chance to have a winning record and look very good the rest of this season. And from all these points that we mentioned here, on this show today, between Tyson and I, I really truly have a hard time thinking it can get any worse than the roughness that we've been experiencing this season. Boy, are you, what, you, what say ye?
0: <laughs>
1: you know,
0: it's tough because you always want to be like it's it can't go any worse, but it's like you know, <laughs> Kevin Gosman takes a ball off the other foot and it's <laughs> you know,
1: it, you gotta be that guy.
0: <laughs> you know what? I, I I totally agree. John Schneider, John Schneider was a great replacement. He has. I, I think the blue you know, they said it's in the interim, but one hundred percent, if he takes this team, continue you know, continues the winning ways that had going into the all-star break, yep. you know continues you know, continues to make group game decisions, you know, doesn't put the team in vulnerable spot, is making those right calls. you know at the end of the season, realistically, if you were to bring in somebody else, like does does that person does that manager have something that you're missing that John Schneider doesn't have? And you, can, yeah. and you can argue yes or no, right? Because, you know, if you bring in Joe Girardi, Joe Girardi has veteran experience as a manager in a hostile environment,
1: right? And that's, <laughs> and that's, and that's, I'll very bring in the, the question reason. if he actually has what it takes to bring this team to the next level. But that's besides, that's a whole other argument. <laughs> yeah. but, but to then, your point, it, it would be for a veteran guy like him. You wouldn't be bringing in another John Schneider level. Let's just try and see what happens, I don't think, at this point. If he has any level of success at this season. But I do really think that things are going to fall into place here. And to that point, now that we have somebody poking the fire here to get it going, I think the right things are going to fall into place. And I really, truly think the other part is there is going to be a move. I don't even doubt that for a second. Uh, you You would have to
0: think have
1: to think. It's. It, it, I don't. It doesn't have to be the Soto move. It doesn't really. Yeah. It, if they find great. a pitcher, great. If they find fucking trade for Roddy Teles to come back in DH, I really don't care. You know what I mean? I yeah, don't that, know whatever. That it one, is.
0: That figure figure out him.
1: something. Funny. Yeah, I knew yeah. that was gonna happen. I we're just. we crying, I, when crying
0: I, for a lefty bat so bad, and
1: yes, <laughs> I was
0: I was in Milwaukee when he when the Blue Jays were there. I went and I I went and saw that series, and, and he, yeah,
1: yeah, I saw your picture. Home runs. Cool. Oh, it's like, you're just... You like, were at that Suck. game of all games.
0: <laughs> oh, and and you know what? I think that's... Honestly, I think that Barrios start was the start of the downfall. And the reason yeah. I say it is because they let him in. And, and credit being, there wasn't really, you know, bullpen pitchers to fall back on. But when Barrios was in there for the eight earned runs like that, all the Blue Jays fans that were there were just like, Like,
1: on? it's one yeah. of those... And then, you
0: know, Kik- and then Kikuchi pitched... You know, as well that weekend, and everyone's like, <laughs> and it was right. And but and then you know, Manoa pitched the day before. He started it off, and it was like, yeah, Ooh. <laughs> you know.
1: And the, I have Ugh. being a being being somebody that's also been to Milwaukee and having this this experience at the only ballpark I've ever been to like this. Anyways, <laughs> did you tailgate before your baseball game? <laughs> I. I did not, unfortunately. <laughs> the, did I've not. been to a bunch of major league baseball. So you saw it at least yeah, was, yeah, I'm you, not. I'm not full. It, it legit happened. <laughs> it. I've been to a bunch of major league baseball ballparks, and I've been to a few football stadiums too. But the only place I've ever seen baseball games tailgated was in Milwaukee. Because <laughs> <That's laughs> the whole
0: funny. park, the whole parking lot is huge. Like it's just and it, for those for those who don't know, it's kind of it's not out in the middle of nowhere, but it's it's definitely not near anything.
1: You know, it's, it's close, close to enough downtown. to the city, but it's going toward the suburbs and whatnot. Yeah, so. it's
0: still – it's it's quite a ways away, yeah. right? And so the stadium itself has so much parking and space around it, and it's right near the highway that people show up and just, you know, tailgate for It's
1: hours. like a football game. It's, oh, it's yeah, like it's fucking 100%. Sunday, Sunday and afternoon. Mini barbecues,
0: Let's go. Cornival, like,
1: and, and that's and the thing I loved about those like, city uniforms they wore that weekend. They had the little mini – you know, people uh, people
0: love uniforms. eh? They were, they were selling at at the stadium. They were
1: like, those are easily the coolest city connect ones. (laughs) And I, I, I'm kind of pissed that they, it doesn't seem like the blue Jays are participants in that, or they weren't asked or whatever the hell the situation was. I Um, I remember it's probably the American flag, Canada day hat all over again, thing or whatever it is. And (laughs) I
0: think, I think it was shy Davidi asked or he inquired about it. And I think they said, it's not this season, but potentially next season. I
1: Don't quote me on so it. So they're I'm, trying to roll it out so it's not every season. I think so. I, but I, but I'm, I remember okay. – That I remember, makes remember, a little more sense. Yeah. I remember whoever's saying – And it out. had some fun to it. Yeah, yeah. because that, that, that makes sense because they kind of rolled it off and, like, this team's doing it this week, this team's doing it that week, yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, so. so
0: we just have the American hat instead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I still can't fucking believe that mess. And then trying to do it two years in a row sneaky like that. I said that's imperialism hard at work. Mind you, I'm American and I'm pissed about it. Just saying. <laughs> I, just, I can't believe we read that it ball was, to do. It was it
0: was it was a weird like it was weird to do. And then also at the same time, like I, I didn't like the design anyway. <laughs> like
1: it was it's just, it's just it was like just, did we just our flag it was, on the thing is like okay, good. was a very mess we do have a fan submission here for a question for you because I answered it through the chat notes here and whatnot, Tyson. But oh, I got to give you, I got to give you the, I gotta give you the uh, chance here to
0: uh,
1: <laughs> react to this comment. Do you miss John Farrell from our manager conversation?
0: <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, he was he. You know what? He was he was a good manager. There's no there's no doubt about it. He wasn't he wasn't good manager. You're trying to be nice. <laughs> it was you know what it was it was just how everything ended it was just how everything ended that was i wouldn't say it leaves a sour taste like you know what it honestly it kind of left a sour taste in your mouth where it was like you know just it on the field he was great how it ended was was just you know you knew what was going to happen but just the way it it happened right because i think what didn't he get Essentially traded for like Mike Napoli. It was or the first like that.
1: manager since like the fricking fifties to get traders. Yeah, and because like,
0: then they took they took Napoli, and flipped him like right for away. Frank
1: friend, Sacco. That's
0: yeah, <laughs> right. And it was and then I think Napoli had a great time in the Texas.
1: Right? It, that was when the party and at Napoli started. Man, that that it was the yeah. year in Texas that that was the that and, became and, the term. Right, and it was just it was just a really and long we needed long a bat.
0: Time. <laughs> oh. It was just such an awkward thing to happen because it kind of took away from everything else that was going on, right? Like, yeah, it was just it was just weird. It was a weird scenario, and then at, then then because what? Who was after it was Farrell? It was Gibbons or uh, it was Gibbons again. Yeah, it was
1: back it? to Gibbons again.
0: Right, and that's and that's what started the whole thing. It was like, okay, well then you know, okay, the Blue Jays are going to do this managerial search. Here's all these options, and then all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> here's John Gibbons,
1: right? <laughs> and you get John Gibbons. Which to that point, yeah. I I honestly I, I just like all drinking fans. I like John Gibbons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I loved his, I loved whenever he took a picture because he just did that like saunter, and then he just did like what he called a righty. He was just like that. Yeah. He was, it was great. He was. He was I such, don't know. If-
1: Yeah, I don't know if we ever played this game with you when you were on the show previously or if you saw us playing it on Twitter or not, but we used to do this thing that was called uh, Name That Podcast, and it was basically we would do pick two Blue Jays personas, whether it was a player, an old announcer, somebody affiliated with the Toronto Blue Jays system of some fashion, right? And mm-hmm. one of the ones I came up with while we were doing this handshake with other Toronto Blue Jays podcasts and whatnot is a comedic bit, right? Um, mm-hmm. I came up with one with John Gibbons and Shea Hillenbrand Brand called The Ship is Sinking. <laughs> 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 um my Ooh. other personal favorite one that i came up with was uh david wells and jason grilly and you call it the the boomer with cheese because <laughs> that was david wells's nickname was boomer
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was i i remember that article that came out when he was like i hated getting traded to
1: Trump. oh Everyone's my god like, and, and he started here what? it's like <laughs> Well, you went from being a Yankee and you were traded with Roger Clemens and yeah, okay. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're to play Major League Baseball every day. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to close out on a fun note here because we did in the midst of all this projecting and talking that we had with fun and everything with this trade stuff. Tyson, I just want to quickly summarize the fact that we actually had a plethora of all stars, a few that we didn't get um uh, to talk about last week because they snuck in with the uh players that didn't yeah. get to make, you know, injuries, don't want to come to you know, yeah. actually have vacations and replace players. Um it was a very fun all star experience and I think as Blue Jays fans go, the clear highlight was the fact that Alec Manoa is apparently a stand up comedian pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, just walk me through it. I'm sure you've seen the clips and, or maybe even watch it during the game, but I was on my knees, like dying, laughing, watching him pitch and getting told what yeah. pitches to throw by,
0: oh, that, by John that, was Smoltz. <laughs> that was my, you know what it was? It was, it was how he, he was talking to John Smoltz and it was like, you know, and then he, i like the one comment. He's like, let's see what Kirkie puts down. <laughs> he threw yeah. that fastball. He's like, Ooh, ooh he did I what I said. That. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And then he throws, yeah, he throws, okay, what should I throw? He's yeah. like, <laughs> back like like, hits him. And it's like,
1: you know, back what? foot slider, that's, and he hits him with the back yeah. foot, and he goes all pissed yeah. at first. thing. he goes, I did what you told me. <laughs>
0: well, and it's like, that's such Alec Manoa thing to do because he is a great pitcher, but he has that wild side, right? Like he he tied for the lead lead in hit batters last year, and he made his debut in late May.
1: Like, yeah. and just to say he's, he's gonna do that again this year, and I don't even doubt uh, that. And to that point, honestly, I like the fact that some of the, pit, the hitters are gonna be going in there. What's what has he got today? What's he gonna give me? Yeah. And you know, well, I, I, yeah, that sure is, I just does. love the fact yeah. that he actually throws the ball inside. Yeah, well, so. that's what I mean.
0: When he got the three, they gave up the three home runs or whatever to the Orioles, and he nailed, he came inside and hit the It started that, got suspended or whatever for five games. Yeah. You know what? Having him mic'd like that was.
1: Not only great for the game of baseball, because. Oh, no, did I lose you? Well, okay, Blue Jays fans, I guess to that point, I'm going to have to hope and pray that Tyson gets back. But if you have not had the chance to take a peek at the Alec Manoa mic'd up session from the all star game, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. it is a full inning of. Gold, and apparently Tyson gets to tell me that power just went out in his house. Good, good time we're having thunderstorms above northern border in his hometown. So I'm gonna get to close you out here, and I'll give Tyson his chance to hopefully maybe call in here from his phone and whatnot, and go from there. But. Highly recommend checking out Manoa and the game there. It was fun to see the fact that, you know, Kirky was actually just working him just like he would in a regular game. He was just doing whatever he asked, and the fact that John Smoltz throws in and goes, hey, throw a slider, and it was just really good stuff. The All-Star game ended up with an American League win, uh, Giancarlo Stanton being the MVP, which kind of sucked because I didn't know if he was really truly an All-Star to begin with, but to that point, it is what it is. Couldn't expect a Blue Jay to be Two years in a row with that, but hey, crazier things have happened. So the Blue Jays are looking to go hot into the gate um, and take the uh, American League East and go at least to the, hopefully at least to the first wild card and take that spot with the John Schneider era running uh, the train here. And we'll see what happens. But to that point, Blue Jays fans, Please check us out. We're live here every week. Usually it's Tuesday evenings. We're not, And I'm here with the regular gang and Brennan Panikar and, of course, Sarah and Chris Key. Tyson of the Jay's Journal, he is the co-editor, decided to join me this evening to make up the fact that my friends are on vacation. Um, make sure you check out our official affiliate at jaysjournal.com, which is... Tyson spot, along with other friend of the show, Chris Henderson. And we're going to have them on more often in the near future. So make sure you check out their content over at jaysjournal.com. If you want something to read or the official podcast of jaysjournal.com, make sure you listen to us wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from. And we will be here for you with all the ups, downs, lefts, rights, trades, and whatever it might be for the rest of the Blue Jays season. Also catch us wherever you might find any of your regular everyday podcasts. We're on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from. Um, Last tidbit for anybody that is a potential writer that would like to be trying out some Toronto Blue Jays material, Jays Journal is looking for... Some writers. So if you are interested in that, go to jaysjournal.com, submit your uh, quick little you know, form and resume to jaysjournal.com. Tyson will be one of the gentlemen that gets to read your resume and will be talking to you and trying to get more people involved there. And if you get involved there, you get involved here if you want to. So it is all good stuff. So until then, Blue Jays fans, we will be back next Tuesday with the regular gang here. And I guess I'm going to do the two collapses and a Ric Flair and a Let's Go Blue Jays. Woo! Let's go Blue Jays.